doing a, typically we do series here, and uh, we're, we're going to start a new series next week. But this particular Sunday, I wanted to talk to you about uh, just one, one thing. It's going to be a one-week series. You get the whole series. You're at the beginning of the series and the end of the series all in one day, which is just awesome. You can say, yeah, I was at my church, and whew, we just finished up this series, you know, and they're like, wow, you're really spiritual, and you're like, totally. Um, but it's New Year's, and in, with New Year's, we talk a lot about New Year's resolutions, and, you know, starting a New Year's resolution, and and you know, I could list all the ones, you know, the top 10 that we all have and never finish and all this kind of stuff. I could list them up there, but I'm not going to do that. We start these New Year's resolutions. But have you ever stopped and asked yourself, why do I have this feeling of needing to change? Well, why do I have this feeling that if I just exercised, life would be better? Or if I just, like, what? At a, maybe I put it this way, at a deeper level, what's going on with New Year's resolutions? Why, why, why do we feel that need? Maybe some of you are like, I don't feel the need to do anything. My wife handles all that, and I just, you know, whatever. My husband, she does all the New Year's resolution stuff, and it's because you're lazy. No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. This week, I had an interesting conversation with, with a friend of mine who's a pastor and from a Baptist church, and um, a man wanted to set up an appointment with him, and he didn't recognize the man's name when his secretary said, hey, this person would like to, like to meet with you. And he said, are they, are they new to the church? And she said, I, I don't know. The name's kind of familiar to me, but I just, I don't, I don't know who they are. And so uh, my friend said, okay, well, let, you know, have them come in. And so the man sat down across the desk and uh, started talking. I said, I've been in this relationship with a woman for two months, and uh, it's getting kind of weird. <laughs> like, okay, so all of us are like, whoa, why are the kids in here? Right? And so, so, so it's, he's like, here, here's the weird thing. I've, I've introduced her to my family. Like, he's single, and uh, he's got a daughter, a 16-year-old daughter, and um, they're in the same house. And so this woman, they've been dating. They, she's come over. She's met the daughter. She's met... His mom, okay, because they're in their 40s. When you're in your 40s, things progress a little faster than when you're younger, okay? And so he's, he's met her mom, and you kind of figure all that stuff out. And, and so he said, but I've never met any one of her family. I've never been over to her house, n- never anything. And it kind of seems kind of secret. And then I started doing some investigative work. They met on an online dating thing, and uh, he starts sharing about how I found out she's married. And he's just like broken because he's like, I'm dating a Amer- I'm that guy. But he had no, he had no clue. And then he dropped this bombshell on my pastor friend. He said, she's on your staff. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> okay. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So, so she he, my friend is just did exactly inside, because as pastors, you're supposed to show no emotion, right? You're supposed to, mm-hmm, no, carry on, right? And, and then it blew up, right? And then it was set on fire. Like, okay, I yeah, know, that's great, you know? Um, and so, you know, he's going through this whole thing, and he's thinking the same thing I would be thinking, because this is how pastors think. What do I need to do to protect the flock, okay? Now, again, that's not a I'm up here, you're down here thing. It's just the, the gift and the curse of a pastor that you tend to think about 
us as a community first. It's like, what, what do I got to do to make sure that this doesn't, uh, people don't lose their faith over this, that people who are like really close to coming to a relationship with God go, yeah, they're just like everyone else. So his mind's scrambling, and this guy starts handing over all the emails, all the texts, everything. My friend said, what, what do you want? Because, you know, he's thinking, uh, the keys to the church. I mean, like, what, what do you want? He said, I just want her to not hurt her husband anymore. Okay? So he calls her into the office, which I really looked forward to that meeting, and uh, says, hey, do you know, he mentions the name. No, uh-uh, I've never heard that name before. Oh, that's, that's interesting, because um, he's got a picture of your car in front of his house. And... Uh, and she says, oh, oh, now I remember. He's a client of mine because she worked part-time at the church and part-time for another company. He's a client of mine. I was delivering some stuff at the house. Oh, really? Because here's a picture with you and his daughter. And he just starts going over and, and, and she says, oh, 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 yeah, no, that's because. And he keeps going and keeps going. And, and my friend just said, listen, let's, let's stop. I, I forget. What was the phraseology he used? Yeah, he just said, let's knock it off right now. You either come clean, and I'll do the best I can to help you repair your marriage, or you're on your own, and you can figure it out yourself. Because I got 150 text messages and about 200 emails in this binder that I could... The guy came loaded for bear. He was ready to go. He was prepared, Okay. I started thinking to myself this week because it fits so much into the sermon that I'm preaching. I thought to myself, what New Year's resolution or what thing could she have done in 2000, the beginning of 2012, that maybe would have stopped this from happening? Like, were there any signs? Was there any time where you could have kind of transported yourself into her life and said, hey, 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 don't, don't click that. Don't go on that online dating. Listen, listen, don't, don't do that. Was there any time where you could have gone to her even before that and said, hey, you don't need to find your identity in X, Y, or Z? Was there any time? Was there anything she could have done, any one thing she could have done to have stopped this from happening? Because I'm telling you right now, the ripples of, ripple effect of what she did are going to go on for months and months. A few weeks ago, I met a guy named Mike over in this parking lot over here, and uh, he was intoxicated and um, was kind of staggering around and was sitting down, and I introduced myself, and I, I said, I, I'm, I'm always interested in people's stories. I just said, what happened, Mike? What, what happened? How, how'd you get here? How'd you end up in a, in a, in a vacant parking lot? Wasted. And he started telling me a story, and then at one point, I'll never forget this as long as I live, he looked up at me, and it was almost like all the bloodshot eyes, everything just like cleared up, and he looked at me right into my eyes and said, I just want to go back. His tears streaming down his face, I said, go back to what? Go back to before I had my first drink. I just want to go back. I thought, man. What, what would that have been like? I don't, I don't know when his first drink was. I don't know if it was at college. 
You show up at a frat party and you're like, hey, Mike, I'm John. I'm from the future. (laughs) That red cup, I know what's in there, buddy. Trust me. Some of these guys, for them, red cup, no problem. For you, you're going to end up in an abandoned parking lot, smelling like garbage, unshaven, looking up at me with tears in your eyes, wondering, can I ever get back to this time? Put it down. Well, Jesus uh, had these kinds of conversations with people at these defining moments of their lives. And because it was Jesus speaking, with all the authority and all the stuff that Jesus brings into a conversation, all the truth and all the love and all that, he was able to meet people at specific times in their lives and say, hey, 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 listen, that one thing it needs to go. Or that one thing you got to bring into your life. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus has a conversation with a man. And, and the cool thing about the Bible, uh, the Bible's it's not a book. It's made up of a bunch of different books that are a, a collection of thousands of years of literature that all weave one story. It's just an amazing, amazing document uh, or, or, or collection of documents that weave this one story of 40 different authors over thousands of years that all kind of point to the same thing. And, in, and it's divided into two sections. One's the Old Testament and one's the New Testament. And at the beginning of the New Testament, like, I didn't come here for like, school. I, you can go to school for school. I know. But in the New Testament, there are these four books called the Gospels, and they pretty much tell the same story, and it's all about Jesus. Gospel just means good news about Jesus. This particular story is in two of them. And what I've done, because they're both, they both give such awesome perspectives, is I've combined the two, which you're only allowed to do if you're a professional. Uh, so don't, don't, if you start opening your Bible and reading it, you know, who knows what might happen? Uh, no, we, we encourage that very, very much around here, right? So what I've done is I'll, I'll, you'll see Matthew up behind me and then you'll see Mark and you'll be like, what's this guy doing? Uh, and it's, it's the same story, but there's just some really rich points that I think God has for us. But this guy, uh, shows up, uh, in Matthew, he says, just then a man came to, up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And that's, that's really one of the main questions of life, right? I mean, you, you might not believe in God. You might be here for the first time and just going, well, I'll try the Christian thing out or, or whatever. But for, for those of us who've kind of come into that relationship or began that journey, isn't that kind of our first question? Hey, I've done some stuff in my past that I'm not super proud of. How do I erase, erase, and make sure that when I die, I go whoop instead of boop? You know, you kind of think, okay, how do I figure this out? This is where this guy is. He's at a time in his life where he's going, I just want to know where I go when I die. I want to take the afterlife stuff. I'm not sure. I want to make sure that's covered. And that's how he ends up coming to Jesus. As a matter of fact, in Mark... It says he came up and he, he knelt down before Jesus. And we'll see later that this is a guy of authority. He's got a lot of money. And, and so that's uncommon for that to happen there, for someone to kind of go up to Jesus. And this is what Jesus does. It's what Jesus does a lot. He changes kind of the subject and everything and turns it back on the guy. And maybe this has happened to you while you're praying to God. You're praying to yourself. You're praying, God, 
You know, please change my spouse. Please change their heart. You know, speak to them, Lord. You know, just get it. Let them see themselves with the eyes that I see them with. You know, all this kind of stuff. And God, at that moment, all of a sudden, you just sense that God's turning it back around and says, ah, let, let's talk about you for a second. And you're like, I'm not here to talk about me. I already know me. I'm here to talk about him or her or whatever. This is what Jesus does. He says, uh, uh, he, he kind of changes the whole thing. He says, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. Now, I don't know if Jesus paused and went, like, kind of, like, mm, you see where I'm going with this? I don't know what he did, but he said, there's only one that is good. If you want to enter life, now listen, here, here's the thing. What did the guy ask for? Let's go back there. How do I get eternal life? Like, how do I get me some fire insurance so I know that everything's cool between me and God? That's not the question Jesus is answering. Jesus doesn't say anything about eternal life. Jesus says, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Now, you don't have to be going to church very long. I know there's 10 of them, okay, the 10 commandments. And so, you know, but that's kind of a simplistic, I mean, you got this whole Bible. I mean, couldn't we have just gotten a little cheat sheet with a note card on it? And it's like, okay, these are my 10 things. He asked the question, how do I enter eternal life? And Jesus says, keep the commandments. Now, here's the guy's answer, which is just so classic, but I'll, I'll explain why I think he answers this way. He says, uh, which ones? <laughs> I mean, isn't that all of us, Right? We're like looking through the Bible, let's see, ooh, no, that's, a, oh, gosh, ooh, this is nice, and he'll bless me forever, oh, amen, you know, right? We just want to pick and choose and do all that kind of stuff. This guy asks, which ones, which, 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 which ones? Now, listen, before we throw him under the bus or the camel or whatever he had back then, <laughs> this is why he's asking the question. There's, there's, the Pharisees have kind of set up religion. There's this religious establishment that have all sorts of rules and regulations. And this has happened in our history. You know, there used to be a time where you, I mean, if you went to a movie, the church was coming down on you. If you played a card game, they were, there were rules and regulations and stuff that you can't really find in here. And this is, ha this it's always going to happen. It's just human nature. We, we add to what is written. And so he was going, well, which ones? So what about the one? You know, and he could, he could pick all these things. And Jesus goes on. And he makes it really clear. He says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, all of a sudden, we go, wait a minute. Love your neighbor as yourself? That's not even in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Maybe we're getting into something that is completely different. The other thing we find out when we look at this is there's, if we're talking about the Ten Commandments, there's ten of them, Jesus. <laughs> and if you've looked at the Bible or looked at the Ten Commandments, you'll see that they're divided into two sections. You could make a case that the first section is kind of the most important one. It's our relationship with God. But Jesus puts that all aside. He starts with the second half of how we treat each other. And then he ends it with, oh, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you read through the Gospels, 
Jesus, this is not the first time Jesus has done this. As a matter of fact, when they came to question Jesus, hey, what's the most important thing? What's the greatest commandment? Again, this idea, like, give us something, like a, give us a system, give us something we can use, something we can take home and put on the fridge. And Jesus says, okay, I'll, I'll take the, all of our relationship with God, all of the Bible, everything, I'll wrap it up into one statement. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first five. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's the second five. You say, well, how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? And you go through the five. Okay, don't kill each other. Don't kill each other. Okay, got it. Uh, don't commit adultery. Okay, right? And it keeps going. Don't lie. You know, don't covet your, each other's stuff. If somebody gets something, good for them. Okay, kind of all that stuff. Jesus leaves out the first five. Jesus doesn't even talk about God. And the guy's question was, how do I get eternal life? Theologically, Jesus is wrong. Okay, I'll go on. <laughs> All right. Here's what he says. All these I've kept. I haven't killed anybody. Again, common statement. Look, I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anyone. Well, congratulations, you're not a bad person. Like, 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 that's the thing for him. He says, all I've kept, and in Mark, it says, all I've kept from my youth since I was a boy. I know those. And then he says, this nagging question that I've had in my heart at several times during my life, even after I've figured the whole eternal life thing out, even though I got my ticket stamped, got a relationship with God through what Jesus Christ did on the cross, there's this, sometimes in my life, there's this nagging question that comes up in different stages. And you might be here this morning for that very reason. There's something in you that's bugging you, that's nagging you, that's unsettling. Here's the question he asks. What do I still lack? What am I missing? I've had this question in my life at many, many different times, even as a pastor. Because in our journey with God, it's not just a destination journey. It's not just like, oh, good, I accepted Jesus and he's forgiven me of my sins. Done. It's a journey of a relationship that has all sorts of twists and turns and all this kind of stuff. It's not just, the, oh, thank you, God, I'm blessed and I get to move on. When I was, I've told almost all these stories in, in sermons before, so I won't bore you with them, but there have been times in my life where I've, 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 ha I've been a Christian maybe for years, and I get to a spot and I go, is this it? Is this all? And then each time the Spirit of God says, oh, there, there's something you got to deal with in your life before you can move forward. There's something we need to address before you're going to move on and all this kind of stuff. There's something in your heart. There's something that you're doing. There's something that you're thinking. There's something that's going on that we need to address now before you can move forward. And so get this next verse. Now, this is where I've taken the Mark one and I've shoved it into Matthew, okay? So, so check this out because it's so pivotal and it's what I think God has for us this morning. Jesus Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. In other words, Jesus answers his question kind of the, the back end. 
And he's like, yeah, but that, that, that just doing good stuff for not killing someone. There's got to be more than that. And it's almost like something rose up in Jesus. And he's like, oh, man, I'm about ready to drop some heavy truth on you. And this morning, I might drop some heavy truth on you. But I would venture to say it's something that won't be new to you. It's something Jesus has been wanting to say or has been saying for a long, long time. But out of this sense of love, out of this sense of like, all right, dude, you want to keep going? You want to really know what it is? He says, one thing you lack. And then he just like, it's probably one of those things where you wish he never even asked the question. Like one of those times in your life where you started a conversation and you, know, you, you, go in, you, go in, you go home and you go to your wife and you say, hey, how are we doing, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, I think that, you know, it's like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't done that, right? Or, you know, vice versa or some relationship or some time in your life when you're just like, wow, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have asked that. Here's what Jesus says to him. If you want to be perfect, now don't, I, I highlighted that verse, that word, but I, so I don't want you to get caught up on it. I highlighted it so you wouldn't get caught up on it. We think of perfect as being without sin, being without mistake, and this is not the word complete is a better translation than perfect, if you will. If you want to be complete, if you want to get that one thing you're talking about, here's what it is. Go sell your possessions and give to the poor. And there, and, and you will have treasures in heaven. Now, if you're like me, I look at that and a bunch of different questions come to mind. First of all, if you told me right now to go sell my house and my car and all my stuff and give it all to the poor because I'd have treasures in heaven, that doesn't sound very appealing to me. Okay, I, I'm a pastor. I do this for a living. But like to take stuff I can see, my house, and sell it and give it to people I don't know who might spend it on drugs or something or on food that'll just be gone in order to get something I'm going to get later, that doesn't sound appealing to me. And if I read Revelation, even what I get up there, when I get there, I got to give back to him anyway, right? So if I get a bunch of crowns and I got them, I'm like, whoo, look at all my crowns. He's like, uh, uh, come on, come on. Oh man, we have to lay them all down at his feet. It doesn't sound very appealing. It doesn't sound like a very good trade. Secondly, the thing that comes to mind is that's not even biblical. That's not good advice. If you'd come to me and said, man, I'm really lacking something in my life, it, I, it would be malpractice for me to go, here's what you do. Sell everything you got, bring it over to the church, and we'll take care of it, and then go follow Jesus. Have a nice day. Like, there's nothing in the Bible that has that as a requirement for anything to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow Jesus. Here's the thing. Maybe Jesus is talking about something totally different. Maybe this idea of completeness, maybe this idea of eternal, this guy wants eternal life. Maybe what Jesus is saying is this. Eternal life, the destination thing, doesn't exist. Eternal life starts now. What God wants for us now is to be complete. What God wants for us now is to enter into a relationship with him that's real. 
that, that, that there's no hindering blocks. What, what God wants for us now is the first five commandments. What God wants for us now is the first part of that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the example that Jesus gives to him was specific for him. And the example that Jesus has for us is specific to us. And he says, and then come follow me. Maybe treasures in heaven is what it feels like to experience God right now in ways we never thought possible. I've had these moments in my life at all different times where my, my spiritual life came to a screeching halt. I was already saved. I had already known a lot of the Bible, but they came to a screeching halt. I remember in, high, in college, I shared this a few sermons back, um, I used to have a problem with lying because I was insecure and I wanted to be liked and I wanted really cool stories like I'm Chuck Norris or whatever. I mean, they weren't that bad. Well, some of them were. Anyway, so, so I, I wanted all that kind of stuff. And so you know, here I am. I'm in college now. My relationship with God is beginning to deepen. But there's just this one thing. And it's like, Jesus, what's this one thing I lack? And, and it's almost like God gave me an audible voice, but he didn't even need to because I already knew what it was. You need to make that thing, that one thing, right. And then come follow me. I mean, wouldn't it be nicer if Jesus said, listen, come follow me. We'll walk down the road. Everything will be cool. You can help fund the ministry. And then, you know, over time, I'll say, hey, listen, you know, some of your spending habits we got to work on. Jesus doesn't do that. He's like, you've got to get through this one thing first. And it ain't going to be a process this time. You need to address it today. He says, go sell all your possessions. So for me, it was that. And then, and then at another time in my life, there was an issue with the internet when it first came out like 20 years ago. And I'm like, whoa, the internet's unbelievable. You can see all sorts of stuff on the internet, right? My relationship with God has, was still growing, still growing. Bang, right there, stopped. I'm like, man, Lord, what's going on? Is this all? Is this all there is? Jesus is like, we ain't going anywhere until you deal with that thing right now for good. No matter what it takes, you get it dealt with now. And then, come follow me. Another time, uh, years later, uh, I had a problem with debt where I, where I was spending too much money. I spent more than I brought in, okay? That's what happens, by the way. I'm a financial wizard. Uh, when, when you spend more than you make, you go into debt. And debt limits your relationship with God. Okay, We don't have time to get into it all right now. And so I knew this. And the, the problem with debt, like in any, any sin or anything we get into, you feel bad about it, and you kind of go into a little thing like, oh, man, and the way you get out of it is to go out to dinner. Now I feel happy. Like you fire the endorphins, oh man, this steak, and you start getting into this mindset of, look, if we owe five grand, what's well, 5,050, <laughs> really? And you begin to get into this cycle of debt. And as a matter of fact, just real quickly, uh, February 6th, Wednesday nights at seven o'clock, we're starting a class, it's six weeks long, on handling our, how to handle our finances in a healthy way. 
how to get out of debt, how to set up a budget, how to do all that kind of stuff. And Gary Helmers and I will be teaching it. It's right here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock on Wednesday starting February 6th. But, uh, but, but you know, that's the thing. And so God had to, had to deal with me in that thing. And then moving on, years later, I had a conversation and a relationship that broke down, not my marriage. I had this relationship that broke down and got really nasty. And months, months passed, and I'm like, man, is this it? I was already a pastor. I'm like, man, God, what's going on? Why, how come I'm not growing? How come I'm not sensing your presence? And God's like, oh, you got this one thing, buddy. One thing. This is what I want you to do. I want you to forgive that person and come follow me. And you know what? You could go back to the Mark one, and you could almost say it. Jesus looked on me with love. And he said, one thing you lack, forgiveness. Now, do whatever you have to do to get that nailed down and then come follow me. Now, in each case, I've been on the other side of it free. (laughs) And so I look back and I go, that was the best trade ever. Like having to go back and tell everyone the stories that I told them was a lie was very, very difficult. But on this side of it, I'm totally, I don't care what happens. I'm telling the truth because I ain't coming back to you later going, hey, sorry. You know, I, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Why? Because I, I'm in a self-betterment program? No, because Jesus spoke to me specifically about one thing in my life and I was able to obey and he gave me the strength to see it through. And so I'm on the other end of that. So let me ask you, what, what's your one thing? Do you have one thing? Is there a habit that you, you need to break? You know, for some of us, you know, kind of as a pastor, I, I just see a lot of lives and I see a lot of categories. I'm just going to put them into three. First category is addiction. There's something that you just can't stop going back to. And, and, and it's interesting the way addiction works is because there are some things that are okay for some people, but not okay for you. Like, for example, drinking, okay? For some people, they can have a glass of wine with dinner. They can do this or that or this, whatever. And as a matter of fact, what's, uh, most of the stuff I'm talking about, you can't even find a Bible verse for it. But you know. Just like that guy could say, hey, Jesus, Thanks for the advice, but I looked, I looked through the whole thing and there's nothing. You're not talking about anything that's in the Bible to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Nothing like that. I'm good. And Jesus says, man, look, you can either come clean right now or you're on your own. And how's that been working for you? That one thing you still lack that keeps nagging. And so for some of us, even though we're not alcoholics, Jesus has said, dude, that's it. This far, no more. Get it dealt with now. Because here's the thing Jesus knows that we don't. He knows that someday, left unchecked, we end up in an abandoned parking lot, smelling, looking up, saying, I wish I could go back. It's hard for us to connect the dots. That guy at his 11 and 12-year-old, when the, when the English teacher said, you're going to write an essay on what do you want to become? He didn't pull out a sheet of paper and go, ooh, uh, I wanted to be an alcoholic and end up in an abandoned parking lot. You know, Jimmy Smith. There we go. Here you go. 
He had other hopes and dreams. Other people, they can deal with alcohol in a way that some people can't. You know. Some people can take a pill to go to sleep, and they're just fine. Others, it just goes and goes. And then it's not a pill to go to sleep. It's a pill to forget the day. And it's a pill to get ready for the day. Then it's a pill to get... Some of us, our thing is, is something, some addiction. Some of us, it's relationships. There's a relationship we've had that we try to go to have this relationship with God, but we're holding something against somebody. You know what the Bible says? It's so weird. It says when you bring something to the altar, you're going to bring a sacrifice, you're going to bring some money, something for God, like something for God. You can't go wrong with something for God, right? He says, don't don't give it to me. Don't give it, don't, don't give, I don't want anything. Don't give me anything. Go, make it right, make this relationship right, then come back. Deal with that one thing. Then come follow me. I'll take you to places you never dreamed possible with my spirit empowering you. Relationships. Sometimes there's relationships we got to stop. We've been dancing around. We've been hanging out with friends that, we, 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 that have been leading us around. We think, oh, I, I won't do the things they do. They're just funny. They like me. I, if I don't have these friends, I won't have any other friends. And so we pick friends, and all of a sudden, we, if, if we could be transported years from now, we see where those friends are and to see where we are. They're bad influence. We should break it off. Some of us are in dating relationships. We need to stop now. And the fear, I know what it feels like to feel like, man, if I, but then how, maybe I'll never get married. And Jesus says, man, that's your one thing. Just, just get done, get it over with, and come follow me. For some of us, it's our finances. Again, these are just the big three I see. God knows, it might be bitterness, depression, all this kind of stuff. But some of it's our finances. God has given us resources, and we've squandered them. We've wasted them. And we've said, it's not enough. I want more. And so we have plastic cards that tell us we're important. And we go in and we just that we begin to snowball. And we keep saying, we're going to get out of debt. We're going to get out of debt. We're going to get out of debt. And we never do. And we never do. And we never do. And we never do. For some of us, God has been speaking to you. And again, I'm not talking to the visitor here. I'm talking to some of us who are, this is our church. God's been saying, man, you need to give your money to me, a percentage of it. And we're just, it's just been bugging us and nagging us. And we go in and we look in there. And, well, I don't know, it's Old Testament kind of stuff. And God's going, man, fine, no, fine. Again, I don't know what our one thing is, what your one thing is. I know what mine is. I ain't telling you. No, I <laughs> I know what mine is. Now watch what happens. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This one thing for him was everything. It was everything for him. I mean, could you imagine? You like own a company. You're, uh, you're just making bank. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, God says, you know what? You got to sell that thing. It's like your whole life. You're missing out on your family. You're missing out on everything. Yeah, you got a bunch of things. Great, good job. But you're missing out on everything. Listen, but what did Jesus say in the beginning? Do you want life? You want to be complete? Or do you just want to keep working? You want life? Or do you want to just kind of drink yourself dull and then you can deal with things? Or do you, you want to experience all that I have for you? 
The guy who goes away sad, I just, I just kind of added some of these things. He went away sad because he loved food. You know, maybe your issue is food. And I'm not talking about weight, your weight issues. I'm talking about this is how you find comfort. This is how you, how you find pleasure outside of what God would have for you. Maybe it's this one. He went away sad because he had a lot of debt. And he realized for me to get out of debt means Oh boy, yeah, major, major life change. Jesus is going, hey, you don't don't have to do it, but another one is because he loved pleasure. Some of us have some addiction, something that's like the rat in the cage where they put the probes in and when you press it, it hits the pleasure centers and we've been pressing that button for weeks, years. And God's like, man, it's time to unplug from that thing. Some of us, listen, guys, again, this is just my heart as a pastor. If I could go back, some of us need to get off Facebook because you're really close to some flirtatious stuff. You're getting really close. You're starting to get into the private messaging and all this kind of stuff, and you just need to, God's going, listen, I ain't playing it's great you love me and glad you're going to church, glad you're having your quiet time, but this one thing you got to get done now because there's story after story after story after story of how that was a vehicle for something else. And in every case, the person goes, I wished I'd never. One of the things this lady said when confronted by my pastor friend, she said, I realized I was in too deep but I was already in too deep and didn't feel like there was anything I could do. For some of us, they love their time. He loves his time. Imagine if Jesus comes to you and says, hey, here's what I want you to do. Uh, no more TV. Uh, no more thing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come to, you know, wake up, uh, go to work, come home, and nothing but read your Bible. I, he wouldn't say that, okay? But my point is, uh, your time, that hobby you have, that thing that you love, 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 love. I got four sets of clubs. Oh, man, I just got fitted for this next one. I can't wait to go out. And, uh, and God says, no, 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 no. You go away sad because you go, man, I love my time. I love my me time. I love to escape. God says that thing you're using to escape, the computer thing or the, this or that or these pills or whatever, it's time to get him out of there. Loved himself. Here's really the key. He was afraid of change. What if we make this drastic measure on our one thing and it doesn't turn out to be the life that Jesus had promised? Well, what if we, 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 we do this thing, this one thing, we, we unfriend all our friends? on Facebook, and we're like, crickets, still waiting for some blessing or fire from ball from heaven. And it doesn't come. Here's, here's the thing Jesus wants us to understand. This is your defining moment. Some of you are flirting just around the edges. Oh, this is, it feels good, and I, the tech, I'll text Oh, I got a text back. And God's like, don't do it. 
And you already know what it is. I want to read another section of Scripture because this kind of hits Paul, who's just, you know, Paul wrote a lot of the letters in the Bible that we, we have and um, lived the life that we look at and go, man, that's kind of the way I want to be. He, he was just all out. He, this was kind of his life. But you told me to do something, I'm going to do it. You told me to give up something, I'm going to give it up. You, you want me to be this kind of person to these people to help share the gospel? I'm going to do it. You want, me to, you want me to be in chains? Praise God, I'll be in chains. I mean, this is kind of the life he lived. Remember that word I highlighted that said perfect? Okay, We're going to hit it again in this section of Scripture, and the worship band can come up now. Um, check this out. Uh, Paul says, Not that I've already obtained it, or have already become perfect. Now, did Paul already have eternal life? Probably. <laughs> he probably did. He probably made it. Is that what Paul's concerned about? No. He, he says in, in, a, in this book, the, the, this one in Philippians, this letter he writes to this church, in one other part of it, he says, I count all of it as just rubbish in order that I can gain Christ. I just want more of Christ in my life. He says, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on. Now listen, he uses this weird phraseology. So that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of. Okay, that just sounds confusing. I had to read it 17 times to get it. But, but, but here's what it means in a nutshell. That I would experience what Christ has for me. That I would actually get for me what Christ has for me. He says, one thing I do, he goes on. He says, brethren, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forgetting what lies behind, the past is the past, and reaching forward, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. So here, here's what we're going to do. As I began talking about one thing, several of us in here were just like, here we go again. It's that one thing. How did he know? How did he know I was struggling with one thing? Because that's the journey in Christ, right? That's maturity. Look at, look at any other relationship. You're struggling with things in your marriage now or in your relationship with your kids or at work or whatever that you weren't struggling with before because you've grown up, you've matured. I don't still want to be growing like, at the place where I'm like, you touched my G.I. Joe. You know, like, right, that used to be a big deal for me. Now it's not. You can have all my G.I. Joes, except for the one with the Kung Fu grip, right? But no, I mean, I mean, this is how it goes. This is where Christ is right now, looking at us with love. And going, man, one thing you lack, and you know what it is already, but you're afraid to address it. My prayer, I, I know for a fact that some of you this morning, this is going to be your day. This is going to be the day. You're going, I've tried it before, I've done it. I know, but this is going to be the day for some reason that it clicks. And you're going to look back on this year and you're going to go, oh, I am so glad. That guy went away sad. 
he might have come back to Jesus months later. We don't know. That's the beauty of the story. All of a sudden, he got rocked with something with Jesus, and he's like, oh, man, he went away sad. But he might have gone through another month going, you know what? Jesus is right, man. This is just nothing. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And he might have done it and caught up to Jesus down the road a couple months later going, Jesus, look, I got rags on. Woo! I am so happy to be done with all that stuff. Oh, I'm free. Thank you. But it's so hard for us to see that when we're in this. Some of us haven't gotten the consequences yet. The young people are in this morning. Some of you guys haven't felt the consequences yet. And so as a pastor, I just, I just beg you, don't make the same mistakes we've made. Catch it now. What's your one thing? Deal with it now. <laughs> 